Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Good to have you with us, and uh, good evening to our campuses over in the Fox Valley and Stevens Point, all those still watching at home for our first Wednesday, first Wednesday of every month, we get together and just have a special night of worship. Wasn't that great? That was awesome. Very powerful and meaningful. Nothing like serving and worshiping God. Wow. Very, very cool. All right. So usually, uh, well, as always, we have a time of teaching as well. Um, uh, talking with uh, Pastor Ben. Ben is our youth director here uh, at the Celebration Church campus in Green Bay. And he said that they were getting ready to wrap up a final message on a series that they've been doing. I said, well, great. Drag all them regrets. Bring them in here. And I know they're not regrets anymore. But <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and let's wrap it up here. So let's give a big hand for Ben as he comes forward. So we, uh, we had to give you the full youth treatments. We had to bring our, our sermon series bumper in. Yeah, uh, and, and the youth students will know well, uh, nothing gets me hyped quicker or faster than uh, some Taylor Swift. So that was some Taylor Swift in the back room. Uh, I, I am a unashamed uh, Taylor Swift enthusiast. So I love Taylor Swift. Uh, and so it, it, gets, it gets me jacked. Yeah, so I'm pumped. I'm excited to be here. Uh, I thank Pastor Mark. Uh, when we were talking in the presbytery last week and about First Wednesday, uh, he said, Ben, do you want to do it? And I said, yeah, I've got a series that I'd love to finish up. And he said, great. He just had one qualifying statement. He just said, is it blasphemy? I just reassured him it was not, and we were good to go. So that was, that was it. Uh, I just had to reassure it was bla not blasphemy. And, and we were good. So I do appreciate that. I love serving under a senior pastor that truly loves the next generation. Um, and youth, we get to do what we get to do because Pastor Mark cares and believes in you. And that's, that's a big deal. Um, and that's not the case everywhere. So yeah, please, thank you. We, uh, we love that. We love young people here at Celebration Church. And a lot of that is out of the heart of Pastor Mark. Um, so we, we do appreciate that so much. Um, so yeah, so we, uh, this is, welcome to the best night of the week. Uh, that's what we, we like to call Wednesday. We have coined Wednesday nights in youth as the best night of the week. And that's not because of anything we do, but that's because of, of you guys um, and the students that come. And, and tonight, all of you adults get to be a part of that. And so we are so glad you are here. We love that you get to come and hang out with us and be a part of what we do. And we truly think it is the best night of the week because of you. And so we're so thankful for that. Uh, if you have young people, if you have students grades 5th through 12th grade that don't come and join us on a Wednesday night or maybe aren't here regularly, we would love for them to come join us and be a part of what we do on Wednesdays. Uh, again, we think it's the best night of the week and it's because of your students and those that come and join us. So we'd love for them to come and do that. But we are in a series uh, called Halftime. Uh, and it's our, our mid-year series. We kind of break youth into two semesters. We've got our fall semester and our winter semester. 
Uh, and so halftime is, is our break between that. As we, we rally for this next semester, what are the things, what are, what are the, the things on our heart that we just, we need to, to, to refocus or re-engage? It's that, that rallying point for us. And I, I grew up loving sports. Uh, I currently help coach at Kakana High School with their high school basketball team. And so I am well-versed with halftime. Uh, and let me just tell you that sometimes those halftimes are really good. Everyone's really excited. And sometimes they're, they're the opposite of that. They are less good, less excited. There is maybe some shouting and some anger and clipboards being broken. This is not that. I, uh, I promise not to shout too much or not to break anything tonight. This is not one of those moments. But let me just catch you up. For those that haven't been with us the whole series, where we've been going, we've been looking at the life of Joshua. Uh, week one, we talked about the, the faithfulness and the, the promises of God in Joshua's life. Week two, we talked all about being courageous and taking a step up. Week three, last week, we talked all about uh, pursuing God and watching the walls fall in our life. And tonight, we are going to talk about what it means to be a game changer. Right, a game changer. And Joshua, he was the man that took over from Moses that led the Israelites into God's promised land. Uh, and Joshua had all of these game-changing moments in his life. And we're going to look at one of those moments tonight. And these moments, they can, they can happen at any time. And they are incredible moments that bring incredible excitement on the back end. But, but leading up to that game-changing moment, sometimes it can be a little tense. It can be a little like, oh, I don't feel so good about this. What is going on? And then a game-changing moment happens, and we go from there. We are uh, well-versed with that. My, in my lifetime, uh, for quarterbacks for the Green Bay Packers, I've had some Magic Man, some Brett Favre, uh, and some Aaron Rodgers. And so I'm well-versed in game-changing moments, right? Aaron Rodgers has so many himself. Uh, I just I think of the Hail Mary in Detroit, the, the incredible throw in Dallas, I'm not going to talk about two weeks ago, um, because while Pastor Mark has learned this wisdom, I have not yet, and that one, that one's going to sit with me for a little bit. Uh, I do not like to lose. I, I don't. Uh, and whether that's my, my sports team or anything that's going on in my life, losing is not high up on my priority list. Uh, in fact, it doesn't matter if I'm playing a board game, a video game, participating in anything, cheering for a team. I, I hate, I hate losing. Um, and this has led to some interesting conversations between me and my wife. Um, I'm going to tell you a story here in a second about some of those interesting conversations. Uh, well, I'm going to tell you a couple stories. And the first one is, is this, is as we've kind of, we've, we've talked about, you know, we've been married for two years, next phases of, of married life and what family looks like and everything like that. Um, we started to talk about like, you know, children and, and all, and that's great. It's, it's exciting conversations. And, and we've talked about, she asks me this question. Uh, well, what happens if our children don't like sports? <laughs> and I just look at her bewildered. Like, what do you, what do you mean? What happens if our children don't like, like, that's not, that's not possible. There's, there's no human way on earth that that could happen. We were, we were joking. I was telling her before that I was going to talk about this. And she's like, we were talking about crafts. And I was like, well, our children won't play with crafts. I said, we, we will lock them in a bedroom with sports balls and they will figure out which one they like the best and then we'll set them on that trajectory, right? Like, that's, that's my plan for our future children is, is they will love sports. They will be competitive. Uh, and my expectation is we will have uh, psycho little crazy competitive kids, right? And that they will you know, do all, because that's, that's me. Um, and so I will never forget this moment uh, when I, I learned that my wife maybe wasn't quite as competitive as I was. 
Um, yeah, and so I kind of knew it, but this one really solidified it in my, in my heart. Uh, it was a couple of weeks before we got married, uh, and we were at the Shomer house, because uh, I did, I married a Shomer, uh, and we were having a family badminton tournament. Uh, I think we got a picture of Elizabeth and I geared up, ready for our, yeah, we were ready. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you can see I am very serious, uh, and that was not a pose. I was, I was ready to, to win. I was there to do it. Uh, my goal, if I could have made Christian cry, like, I considered that a win, right? Like, if I could beat him into the ground enough to bring tears to his face, I have succeeded in this moment. Yeah, and so I am ready, and we are in this badminton tournament, and I am in it to, to win it. I don't do anything any other way. And so we get going, and I, I know my wife isn't the most skilled, and that's fine. That's, that's okay. I, I had wrestled with that pre. Again, we're a couple weeks from marriage. We're, we're good. Like, I've wrestled with that. But I, I'm just expecting effort. I am expecting we are going to rip someone's heart out, and we're going to go. And so we start, and there's music playing in the background, and like the, the birdie is served and she's dancing. She is dancing while we're trying to play badminton. And I'm like, what in the heck is going on? And I'm like, you gotta stop. This is serious. And she's like, yeah, I know. I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. We have to win. Yeah. She continues to dance. Right? She just, she didn't get it. We are on different pages when it comes to our competitive nature and where that brings. And I don't even like being behind. Like if I'm losing in a game, I haven't lost yet because I'm still going to win. But I don't like that moment. I don't like the moment of being behind. I like to dominate. I really do. I almost hate losing more than I love winning itself. It's, it's crazy. I know. I'm wired different. Uh, but I like to win and I like to win by a lot. And, and, I, and I think that's some of the way God has wired me. Some of it's my father's fault, right? He instilled some of those, those crazy values in at a young age. Yeah, he's back there. Uh-huh. Some of that's his fault. But I also think it's the way God wired me, right? It is, is with an attitude of competitiveness, an attitude of not quitting, not giving up, this, this, this go-getting desire and effort to do it, to, to get it done. And, and can I just tell you that tonight, I think God, God has wired you in the same way for victory. Now, I don't think he's wired you to the crazy extent he has done me. That's, that's what my father caused. That's counseling. That's years of it. That's a big bill, right? So we don't have to get into that. But I do. I think God has wired each and every one of us for victory. And I think he's instilled some things in us that, that has, has caused us to victory. And I'm not talking like squeak by victory. I'm not talking about like by the skin of our teeth, we pulled it out. Over time, I'm talking like God has created us for victory and, and a big victory. We aren't here to stand on the sidelines and hope that the other person with the ball doesn't have it and can't punch it in. And whoa, we won. No, we are created with this spirit of victory inside of us. Romans 8.37 says this. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through the, him who loved us. More than conquerors. That means we're not just wired in here to go and to win, but we are wired and, and here and on this earth and to live this life to dominate, to be more than conquerors. It means we win and we win big and we give the enemy no chance at winning. None at all. 
And, and I think that there are too many of us who, who live our lives in, in such a way that we, we allow the enemy, the, we allow Satan, we allow life to beat us up all week long. And then we come to a Wednesday night, a youth, or we come to Sunday morning and we squeak by victory by the skin of our teeth. And I just don't think that's the way God designed for us to live. I think there is more for it. He didn't create us to do that. He doesn't want us to lose six days out of the week and win the one. God wants you to win seven days a week, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. In Genesis, God creates everything. And lastly, he creates us. He creates man and woman. And he creates us in his image. And he doesn't just stop there, but he creates us in his image to have domain, dominion over everything, over earth. So why do we settle for less? Why do we settle for less? You see, Joshua, he doesn't settle for barely winning. We're going to look in Joshua chapter 10. We've been looking at the life and the, the, the victories of Joshua and some of these moments he's gone through. We've got a game-changing moment here in chapter 10. And let me, let me just pick you up to where we've been and what's going on in this moment. So Joshua and the Israelites have finally gone into the promised land. They, they've made it. They've wandered through the desert for 40 years. Joshua has been through it all, and he is leading these people into the promised land. And as he's doing that, he's ruffling some feathers, as you would imagine, as he conquers these lands that someone else owns. And so five of the kings of the lands he is going to conquer, they band together, and they're actually going against uh, one of their own towns that had said, yeah, Joshua, whatever, we'll join your side. This sounds really great. I'd rather you not come kill us all. We'll just, yeah, perfect. We'll do it. And so they're going to go attack this kingdom so other kingdoms don't decide to do the same thing. And so they make a plan, they're scheming, and they draw it up, and they're like, you know what, we're going to go attack. Let's do it. So they, they rush in, and they go attack, and Joshua catches wind of this. And he says, I'm not going to let this happen. I'm, I'm going to fight this battle that I believe in. And so they go to fight this battle, and God shows up in amazing ways in the middle of this battle. They, they're fighting, and literally things are falling from the sky and killing enemies, like refrigerators. Okay, not, not refrigerators, although that would be weird, right? You're like sword fighting, and it's like, Phew. all right, you know, they would just go on to the next. Yeah, no, like giant balls of hail, right? We're going to get a winter storm tomorrow, maybe. I mean, we live in Wisconsin. Who knows? We could get an inch or 12 or none. Um, but could you imagine hail so big that it could kill someone? This is what's falling out on this battlefield, right? And it's miraculously missing all of the Israelites and just falling on their enemies. And so God shows up in a real way in the midst of this battle. And they're fighting all day long, and the day is beginning to run out. Like it's, they, they snuck through the night to get the element of surprise on their enemies, and they've been battling all day long, and the day is about to, to run out. And Joshua prays this crazy, bold prayer. It's, it's crazy. Here's where we're going to pick up. Joshua 10, 12 through 13 says this, on the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, sun stand still over Gibbon, and you moon over the valley of Ajon. Big words. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the nation avenged itself on its enemies, as is written in the book of Jashar. The sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. So they're in the midst of battle. And Joshua's like, son, stop. And it stops. He prays this crazy prayer because Joshua wasn't just going to win the battle. He wasn't going to stop until he had complete victory. 
complete victory. The sun stops and he finishes his fight. And when they are fighting, they need to have complete victory. And I think we have a false understanding in our minds of what victory means. I think sometimes when we think of victory, when it comes to our spiritual walk, we think it means we don't do certain things. Like, well, God, I've got that terrible coworker. I've got that terrible friend at school. And well, I didn't cuss him out today, so that was good. Uh, you know, I came home and I, I was kind to my family, so that was good. Uh, and I, I didn't lie, steed, or chill. So, well, yeah, <laughs> good, good job. Like, you know, we, we think that's a victory. The things we don't do, right? We, we remove behaviors and we say, well, that's, that's it. I, I am in victory with God because I don't do this, 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 and this. And that's not what it means. That just means you don't do certain things, right? right? You've, you've modified behavior, which is, which is great, you know, good that you don't do this, this, and this, whatever your things may be. But it doesn't mean we're in victory. That doesn't mean we wins. Nobody wins a victory by not doing something, right? The Packers didn't win two weeks ago because they couldn't score a touchdown, right? They didn't win because they didn't score, right? We don't win by not doing something. We have victory by drawing closer to Jesus. That's how we find victory in our lives. We, we need to have the mentality that we are so focused on doing what God has called us to do and drawing closer to him that we don't even have time to worry about the things that we're not doing, right? The, the things that we shouldn't be doing because our pursuit in victory is drawing closer to Jesus and, and, and doing the things he has called us to do. And when I say called us to do, we talk about this all the time in youth. I'm not saying that you, you have this magnificent, like you have to be a missionary or, or you have to reach this group of people or you have to be a pastor or a teacher or, or work for a church. When I say what we're called to do, I, I'm talking about the Great Commission. We all have that call on our life to, to go into all the nations and to make disciples, to love the people around us. We are all called to do that. And so when we are talking about what God has called you to do, it's simple. He's called you to love the people around you. And that's the thing we need to pursue. We need to pursue Jesus and his calling for our life. Because in the midst of the distractions of life, we need to live this way because there are people in our world whose situations and circumstances scream louder than anything else. And we need to tend to those things rather than to our temptations. You see, I want to be known for my convictions, for the things I'm going to do, not for the things I don't want to do or that I don't do. Joshua wasn't just okay winning the battle. He was not gonna let them escape. He wanted to more than conquer. So why, why do we settle for less? Hebrews 10.39 says this, but we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Second Timothy 1.7 says, for the, Spirit of God, for the Spirit of God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. You see, so many times we allow our circumstances to dictate our posture when it should be the other way around. Our posture, knowing that we win, Knowing that we have victory should dictate our circumstances or at least our response to the circumstances that life throws at us. 
How, how are we going to live our lives? What's going to be our definition of victory? And how do we live with victory? I have three simple things I think we have to do in order to live with victory. And the first one is this. It's we have to believe. We have to believe that we win. We can't start living with victory if we don't believe that we win. We need to have the same vigilance for victory that Joshua had. You see, you see Joshua believed it. He, he thought he was going to dominate anything the enemy threw his way, especially with God on his side. You see, I think we have been so conditioned to believe that the enemy wins. I do. I, I, think, I think we believe that, that, that the enemy is stronger than the God who lives within us. That, that he's been created with dominion and we just have the ability to defend ourselves. Like, yeah, I mean, it's tough. You know, the world is crazy, but, but like I can defend myself through God. It's just not true. 1 John 4, 4 says this, you dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. First Corinthians 15, 57 says, but thanks be to God, he gave us victory through Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 6, 13 through 14 says, do not present your members to sin as an instrument for unrighteousness, but present yourself to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for his righteousness. Goes on to talk about dominion and how we have dominion. We, we have victory. We have, we have found victory through the battle that Jesus fought for us. And we just have to believe it. You know, I, I love when God does things uh, and moves in a service that really I, I have no control over. And, and I don't think it was a mistake that we started our worship service off tonight with songs that I didn't pick, with, with a remembering of God's promises, Right? Things like your way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. We sing the blessing, right? The, the Lord is with us. I, we win. He's on our side. We need to remember that. And not only do we need to remember it, but we need to believe it. If we want to have victory in our lives. The first step, the first thing we have to do is we have to remember that we win. We have to believe that we have victory. The second thing is this, we need to change our posture. What do I mean? Like, you know, I don't mean stand up straight, right? Although I'm sure all of your parents would tell you to sit straight and not slouch, especially when you're doing school from home. Maybe don't sleep during school. <laughs> that's, a, that's an inside joke. Don't worry about it. <laughs> right, Emma? Yeah, okay. Right? I'm not talking about our, our posture, but our victory doesn't happen with, with our hands. It, it doesn't happen with our, with our skill set. It doesn't happen with the things that we make happen. It, it happens with our posture to God. It happens with the posture of our heart. You see, I, I'm talking about prayer. I, I'm talking about being people of, of prayer that, that whatever life throws at us, our, our first response, not our last resort, is going to God and saying, God, here it is. Here's where I am. Here's what I'm going through. Lord, I need you in this situation. Not, well, I've gone to the doctors and I, I've talked to my friends and, and I've tried all of these things. I guess now I'll pray. 
Our first response needs to be that. It needs to be prayer. And then we go to the doctors, and then we talk to our friends, and then we do all of the things. But we need to have our first response being turning to the Lord. And our posture needs to change. When we get bad news, as difficult as that may be, when life throws us a circumstance that we just weren't expecting or we weren't ready for, it doesn't mean we do this and drop our head. It means we hold our head high and we trust and believe in a God that, that has promised and been with us in the past and will be with us in the future. And we walk through it and we trust that God is. And, and the good news is that we win. E even if it doesn't work out in our situation, we win because we end up in heaven. We serve a God who has conquered sin and conquered death and we win through it. That's the posture we need to carry ourselves around with. That's how we need to walk through life. That needs to be our focus. We need to, to stop making so hard to make something happen and believe that our God is bigger and big enough to make something happen in our lives. We need to believe it. We need to change our posture. And the third thing we need to do is, is we need to know that it's God who brings the game changer out of us. We don't do it. Yes, Joshua was awesome. He fought this amazing battle. He was a mighty warrior. He was with amazing warriors. He had the right attitude and the right posture. He showed up in the middle of it, but it was God that brought the victory. That wasn't a Joshua victory. That was a God victory. Joshua was just a part of it. You see, God won the battle. There were more enemies defeated by the falling hail than, than Joshua's armies could have ever taken care of. And until we rely and trust for God to bring the victory in our lives, we won't have it. We can't. And, and, and we might be in a good spot. We, we might be like, hey, I'm winning the game. Life is good. It's not over. That's why it's so important that we believe it. We know that God can have victory in our lives. We make sure our posture is set and ready. And so when we need that game-changing moment, when God needs to show up and work in our lives, when we need to rely on God totally, totally and wholly, we're ready. Because we believe it, and our hearts and our posture are ready. You see, if we, we trust God who can bring victory, we can, we can stop the sun. We can. We can change our circumstances. Uh, band, if you want to come get ready, I'm going to wrap up here in a second. So I, I don't know. I don't know what you have been fighting. I, I don't know the circumstances of your life. I, I don't know what battles you might be in the middle of. I, I don't know what victories you maybe have. I, I don't know. Maybe you're not fighting at all. Maybe life is good. Maybe you're squeaking through and you're like, I'm just barely getting through the week. Tonight, we can, we can win. Tonight, we can have victory. And if we're going to live the lives God has created us to be, if we're going to be game changers, we need to stop living in a place of fear. And we need to start living in a place of faith. We need to trust that the God of the Old Testament and the New, that his promises are true. We need to trust that in the middle of our difficult circumstances that he will give us victory through it. I love the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's one of my favorite lines in the whole Bible it is when they are talking about being thrown into the fiery furnace. It just, it's the best. 
and they say, I know our God can show up and save us from this. But even if he doesn't, I'm not going to bow down. And that's an attitude of victory. That we know that God can deliver us from whatever is going on in our lives. But even if he doesn't, we win. Guys, we can have that attitude of victory. We can walk in that moment. We can walk in that space in our lives. And we can go through day by day claiming and declaring his victory in our lives. It doesn't have to be a Wednesday thing. It doesn't have to be a Sunday thing. God wants more for us than for it to be that. He wants us to draw closer to him. He wants us to press in. He wants us to feel the calling on our life. And we can do that when we walk with victory, when we pursue him, when we believe it, when we change our posture. And when the moment arises, we let God work. In a moment, we're going to sing uh, that new song tonight that maybe some of you know, The Blessing. And it says, it says this, it says, May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. Students, I know that's a little weird. Some of you are like, boys are gross. Ugh. But that's how faithful God is. That's how real his victory is. That it's not a promise for you, but it's a promise for your children and their children and their children and their children that they will walk in victory. It goes on to say, may his presence go before you and behind you and beside you, all around you and with you. He is with you. Guys, God is with us. He walks through life with us. We can declare that as a victory in the morning, in the evening, in your coming and your going, in your weeping and in your rejoicing. It doesn't say you don't have victory in those things. It says he is with you through it all. If we just declare that, if we just trust, if we believe it, if we change our posture, we can have victory through it all. Will you guys all stand up with me? We wrap all of that together in the blessing with amen. It's simple. That's how I'm going to close my prayer in a second. And it just means, God, let it be so. God, I agree. And so as we, we sing this in a moment, will you just sing those promises and just say, God, move in my life. God, give me victory. Give me victory for my, my tomorrows and my future and my future, God, will you just walk with me through this life? And then will you just lock it all together and say, God, let it be so in my life. Let that be a part of that. Let us declare that, knowing that God is with us and he is for us. And no matter what the circumstances of life look like, that we win because he is on our side. That we walk in victory. Will you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much that we have victory. Lord, that, that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross, to conquer death and to conquer sin, so that if we would just walk with you, if we would just pursue you, Lord, if we would just, just change our posture towards you, Lord, that we can just have victory in this life. And Lord, not just victory on Sundays and not just victory on Wednesdays, but Lord, we would have victory every day, Lord. That you, that you would just move in our lives, that you would be with us, that you would walk through it with us, Lord, that you would help us to walk in victory because we are more than conquerors. Lord, I just pray that you would help us to be a people that walk in that, Lord. And then we pray. Amen.